You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. What a crazy 24 hours. You know, I thought the stuff we talked about yesterday was crazy. Wait till you hear the stuff we're going to talk about today. This is going to be absolutely off the wall insane. To say that Bill Gates was a topic of conspiracy theory, wait till you hear some of the stuff we got coming up today. Without wasting any time, let's get right into it. Yesterday, Bruce, we talked about three masks, right? Americans are being told to wear three masks. I I think they're just trolling people at this point. All right. That's my opinion. I think they're just trolling people at this point. They're saying if you wear three, then that's going to cause some serious breathing problems. So if you're dumb enough to do three, well, then, I mean, if you're going to listen to CNBC and get on board with wearing three masks, well, hell, why not flip the channel down to NBC and be advised to wear four? And I'm not joking. I'm not joking. Four masks. Bruce, would you wear four masks out? (laughs) I'm trying to do this with a straight face. Would you wear four masks out? If I'm so concerned about coronavirus uh, that I think four masks is something that's really effective, um, a a better solution would be to take a plastic bag and duct tape it around your head. That is a much better solution to fully protect you from COVID-19. He's being completely sarcastic. Please do not do that. Yeah, I am. Yeah, don't, don't actually do that. Um, because the, the, honestly, that's well, honestly you do, reading this, reading this, essentially, that's what they're trying to tell you to yeah, do. Yeah, that's that's basically what this is. And you know what? If you do either of those things, you know, the three masks, four masks or a plastic bag, uh, congratulations, uh, you will have a Darwin Award given to you. <laughs> it's almost as bad as a woman got eaten by the crocodile <laughs> in yeah. South Carolina. <laughs> yeah. The crocodile won't eat me because it knows the difference between humans and animals. Yeah, sure. Sure, lady. You found out the hard way, didn't you? Dr. Scott Segal told NBC News that Americans should consider wearing four face masks if they want the most effective protection against spreading COVID-19. I swear. Right. So Fauci is saying that wearing two masks is common sense. Okay. He's saying that two. First of all, Dr. Fauci wouldn't know common sense if it jumped up and bit him in the face. Okay. This guy's been in the same position for 40 years. He's not a doctor. He's a politician. And of course, Bill Gates, as the clip we played yesterday, Bill Gates thinks so highly of him and says that he's probably one of the most prominent voices of reason in the federal government as it is now. Right. (laughs) Sure. Uh So we talked yesterday about the researchers from Virginia Tech that were on CNBC. They said two face masks would provide a 50 to 75 percent efficacy and three should be worn to achieve 90% effectiveness. Well, well, then what's four going to give you? Well, then that should that should do it, right? That should do it. I, I'm just waiting for five, six. Hell, just get the whole box, right? Just get the whole... And wear a face shield and goggles too. Wh- why not? Why stop there? So if you yeah, put... Listen to this. L- listen to this. According to Dr. Segal, the chair of... Listen to this. Chair of anesthesiology at Wake Forest Baptist Health in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. That's that's his credentials. Okay, that that's where that's where he's that's where he practices medicine. If you put three or even four masks on 
it's going to filter better because it's more layers of cloth. That's his quote to NBC News. Is this guy just trolling them? Is that is that his intention I, here? Is just uh, I have no idea. Uh, I have no idea. One's useless. He says three. You know, uh, excuse me. Oh, hold on. So he was contradicted. He was contradicted by medical editor Dr. Dave Hanida. That's the only. That's the best I can do with it. From CBS Four, right? He was their medical editor. He said three masks may be going too far since that could interfere with the ability to breathe. One mask interferes with the ability to breathe, dumbass. So the NBC article also notes how the general public has been conditioned to comply with the face mask as part of the new normal. Oh, yes, the new normal. Wait till you hear about all this new stuff that we're going to be talking about today with this this agenda coming out of Davos with these these losers down there. Oh, you're going to love this. Acceptance of face coverings has come a long way over the past year. You see, they're just training you like a dog to accept it. That's what they're doing. Do, do they in this article talk about the efficacy? You know, when you wear two masks, it makes it like 60 percent uh, chance that it'll stop particulate matter. And then 90 percent chance uh, if you increase it to three, it'll be 90 percent chance. Do they talk about that at all in the article? No, because that's one of the things they've been talking about uh, the news media and whatnot. That's what they keep telling us is that, well, if you wear two, that makes it 60 percent effective. And if you wear three, it makes it 90 percent effective. Well, what they're not telling you, it's 90 percent effective at stopping 10 micron particles, right? So particles the size of 10 microns. Cloth masks, that's the best they can do is 10 microns. Um, the virus is 0.01 microns. So no matter how many layers you put on your face to stop the virus, it's not going to stop the virus. It's going to go straight Bruce, through it. Bruce, you're missing the bigger point here. You can support your favorite public figure or your favorite cause or your sports team with these. So if you if you just put one of those on, I mean, don't you want to match? Right, you can match your outfit to these things now. So I, I can support my favorite oligarch and wear those. Okay. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I bet you, I bet you, if you ask really nicely, and I bet if you go to their website, you might be able to get World Economic Forum face masks. I, I bet you could. I bet you could. And maybe, maybe, just maybe, if you're lucky enough, if you're one of those lucky people, Klaus Schwab himself might sign it. Couldn't help. You myself. know, this is this is this all this rhetoric and that's being pushed on the the, the masks and all this. It's the same level of like witch doctors and voodoo and all that kind of stuff. So in the same line, can I get one signed and he leave a hair or something on there for me? Because I might try to make a voodoo doll because apparently voodoo is the witch doctor stuff is all real now because that's all they're pushing. So why not? Why not go down the road of sorcery and all this other kind of stuff that we proved hundreds of years ago? But see, it's whatever level they think people will put up with. They're just pushing and testing in other areas. You actually called it out yesterday when we played that clip of Gates. You caught it right off the bat. I missed it. I missed it. I wasn't even thinking along those lines. I was thinking more of the overall, I guess, the uh, the way that he was trying to portray himself and Fauci. That's what I was looking at. OK, so these guys are topics of conspiracy theory. OK, well, what's he saying in order to turn that back around? That's the agenda I was looking at. But you caught it right off the bat when he said, a pandemic being used with social media has never been tried before, almost like they're testing it on purpose to see what kind of things they can come up with. Event 201, you remember Event 201, okay, mm-hmm. where they ran the simulation, they, they tabletopped it, they wargamed it. Well, what if they actually ran the simulation? Stands to reason. But anyway, uh, we're not going to get down into that, right? Anybody that wants to go search Event 201 can do that. All right, let's switch up here. Let's go to... Um, because <laughs> you know apparently we need four face masks now. Let's switch up to something else. Let's talk about a a very controversial, well, somebody that's becoming a very controversial character in the UK. 
And the person I'm speaking of is a member of parliament for the Conservative Party by the name of Sir Desmond Swain. Now, he's come out in recent weeks and months, really, now that it's, it's, you know, some time has passed. Weeks seem like months now, or excuse me, months seem like weeks now. And it's almost a year. Yeah. He's been against these lockdowns from the start. He's been against vaccinations and, and all that stuff. And I have a clip here of him from a while ago in the UK Parliament, and I want to play that. And I want you just to get the idea of who this guy is. And then we'll talk a little bit about him because Marty talked to me earlier today, and hopefully he's going to be back really soon. He's um, he's recovering from, uh, from an injury, and we hope that uh, he makes a full recovery, and we hope you get back soon, Marty. But he wanted us to talk about Sir Desmond Swain, and we're going to. And it goes to the larger issue of what I want to talk about after that. But apparently this guy is now a, I don't know, he's a, he, they're calling him an anti-Semite, an anti-vaxxer, and a science denier and all the rest of it. And based on his standpoint, which I'm about to play, among many others, this is just one clip that we happen to have handy. This is who this guy is. And you figure out if he's an extremist or an anti-vaxxer or a science denier, and you make the call. Now we discover that a vaccination may be a passport to the acquisition of your civil liberty, liberties, yeah. and without which you will have all sorts of things that you would be able to do denied to you. Can I say that that would be absolutely disproportionate yeah. to a, a virus with a mortality rate of verging on 1%. It would equally be a terrible precedent to set for other vaccines and medicines. Uh, so I hope that we can get away from that. The way to persuade people to have a vaccine is, of course, to line up the entire government and its ministers and their loved ones and let them take it first and then get all the lovies, the icons of popular culture, out on the airwaves singing its praises. To have any kind of suggestion of coercion absolutely feeds the conspiracy theory that we are being cowed and our liberties being taken away. Very I'm beautiful. extremely grateful to him for giving way. It's, will he agree with me that it's not enough for the government merely to refrain from coercing people? The government's also got to pay attention to implicit coercion. That is, if the government turns a blind eye to allowing businesses like airlines and restaurants to refuse to let people in unless they've had the vaccination, the government's got to decide whether it's willing to allow people to discriminate on that basis. Discrimination. It would be vaccinationism. Which we must, of course, resist. <clears throat> the other thing that any kind of coercion would do would be to set the seal on this government's reputation as the most authoritarian since the Commonwealth of the 1650s. But it is as nothing to the enthusiasm that we've seen from the front bench opposite for even more coercive and restrictive measures. I don't disagree with anything of what he just said. No. I, I don't see that being a, uh, a man of denying science. I don't see that as being a man of denying vaccinations. He's denying the fact that we should be giving vaccines based on the actual virus rate or virus mortality rate itself. So we're to what? Surrender our civil liberties? We're to 
implement passports because of something that is less than 1%. That's what we're supposed to do. You know, again, all of these governments, as I said yesterday, they're doing all of this in the name of, of keeping people safe. Since when the hell did, did these idiots decide? I don't care what government it is. I don't care if it's a, a, an EU government, a UK government, a Scottish one, a, a, a an Irish one, a Canadian one, an American one. It doesn't matter. Since when did these idiots decide that it was going to be their responsibility to take care of our health? See, no one made that decision. They just took it. We weren't asked. We weren't consulted. We were just told. The absence of therapeutics, which we talked about yesterday. We're going to stay. We're going to stay with the vaccine thing here, though. So you did some looking into who this guy is, right? Now let's go back into a little bit of his bio. So what, what do you what did you find on him? Well, he is a 22 year military veteran. So that includes both. Uh, his service in the Territorial Army and Army Reserve. Um, he left the mil- uh, military as a major. He was promoted to major in 1996. More or less, uh, as far as his voting record, he is more akin to like a, a, a socially liberal uh, person. The big difference here is he's a bit for taxes, uh, he's for taxes far more than I am. We'll put it that way. But more or less, uh, he he he's libertarian in a sense. Um, most of it, he's he's a bit more hawkish than your average libertarian, and you know a bit more for taxes. But uh, more or less, he's he seems to be pretty much a uh, you know you you make your own decisions. You govern yourself. Okay, so apparently self governance and and standing up for your civil rights is apparently a science. To, you know, you're denying science now. Uh, apparently, that's what yeah. it's that's what it turned into. Yeah, that's that seems to be uh, seems to be what it is. And you know something, I, I don't know. I I, w- I would really like to get an assessment, but I think it's it, we're too late at that. Too late at this point. I'd like to get an assessment of what actually coerces the average low level politician into going along with this agenda, right? I know why the higher ups are doing it. The higher ups are doing it because they are spineless, gutless cowards. That's why they're going along with it or they're going to be removed. That's all there is to it, because these are not leaders that are elected by we the people. They are selected by outside people, such as the Davos group. They're selected to carry that agenda. And they stand to make a bunch of money on it. Oh, yeah, they're going to make a lot of money and they're going to get to keep their power. Oh, yeah. At least in the in the interim, in the interim. They're going to be able to keep their power and they're going to get to live a normal life. See, if you want to live a normal life, well, then you just have to get yourself put into office. That's fine. But you, you, the average person in, in the public. No, 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 no. No, you have to stay locked in your house. Oh, if you come out, you have to be given permission with a passport and you have to mask up. You have to social distance and don't look at anybody. They actually said that in the UK. Don't look at anybody because looking at someone could actually transmit the virus. Do you see how ridiculous this is? So, all right. Standing up for yourself apparently is um, and standing up for your people. Apparently, that is uh, that's anti-Semitic. That's that's racist. That's bigoted. That's uh, it's a science denier and, and an anti-vaxxer. I, I don't know. Right. Whatever label they want to put on it, because we're in the era of identity politics. We're deep into this era of identity politics because we haven't traditionally fought against an ideology like that. And so we were used to in the 20th century to fighting the class system, right? Marxism, capitalism, fascism, all that stuff, totalitarianism. We were used to fighting that. As time progressed, after that wall came down and infiltrators from the Soviet Union came to the West and said, all right, um, we got a problem. Your people here are happy. Your workers are happy. They have money. They have homes. They have property. This isn't going to work. We've got to do something else. Enter identity politics and then bring it up to where we are now. But anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. I wanted to bring up that 
guy, Sir Desmond Swain. I wanted to talk about him. I wanted to talk about the stance that he's taking and the popularity that he's gaining amongst the average uh, public out there because of this. Yesterday, I touched on a retirement home in Germany and what happened there. You vaccinated 40 patients in that retirement home, and now 12 of them, at least we know of, are dead. Or excuse me, 13 of them are dead. That's what we know of right now. So let's flip over to the UK. 22 deaths at Pemberley House Care Home. Okay, this is a this is a care home in Hampshire. At least 22 people have died in one of the worst known outbreaks of the coronavirus pandemic to date. The deaths occurred at, I think it's Pemberley. The deaths occurred at Pemberley House Care Home in Bassingstoke, operated by a private firm, Avery Healthcare. Now, listen to this. The outbreak was first declared on Tuesday, January 5th, with 60% of its residents testing positive for the disease, according to sources. Within three weeks, 22 people have died, over one-third of the home's residents. It's understood that the outbreak started, listen very carefully, as the residents began to have their first coronavirus vaccines. The Medicines and Healthcare Product Regulation Agency, the MHRA, said there was no suggestion the vaccine was responsible for the deaths. Well, gee, let's think about this. Let's think about this. Let's use a little bit of common sense here, shall we? Which, with an organization like that with a four-letter identification tag, that means it's probably put together by a a government health department or something like that. That would be my guess. I I don't know that for a fact. But let's think about this from a a logical and a common sense standpoint. This is why we we talk here where our slogan is logic, reason, and common sense, because that's what we do around here. We actually look at things as they're supposed to be looked at, and we take things as they are, and we pick them apart. Not this this lunatic world that they've got everyone gaslit into believing is, is the real world. It's not. So you have coronavirus vaccines that are administered in this care home of 60 patients and 22 of them die three weeks after that vaccine's administered. That's a third of your patients that have died in three weeks all at once. And they say, oh, no, there's no reason to suggest that that would be a cause from a vaccine. Uh, Are you people really? Do you people really think that we are that naive and that stupid? Government advice. uh, See, I love this. Government advice states that one cannot catch COVID from the vaccine. Oh, no. No, it's, yeah, it's, that, that, yeah, that's good to know. But it is possible to have caught COVID-19 and not realize you've had symptoms until after your vaccination appointment. Don't you love how they dance around all this stuff? Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. So just to be clear, one of the main COVID-19 symptoms is loss of taste and smell. So basically what they're saying is these people would have lost their taste and smell senses and not realized it until after they were vaccinated. So clearly it was just, you know. Yeah. And if they see, this is what I'm talking about with the delay on it is, is they're saying, oh, there's this big strain that's come out everywhere. This uh, UK strain or this uh, South African strain or the Brazilian one or the Portuguese one or the whatever in the hell. There's one in California now. It's like, do do you people even know your ass from a hole in the ground at this point? I don't think they do. And, you know, I got people telling me, oh, they're going to die. And I'm like, it's not the strains. It's the vaccines. Because I'm sorry, if you take a vaccination and you die of, you know, a heart attack or something two to three weeks later, it's not the vaccine. It's easy enough for them to say that. Again, these are vaccines. Well, they're not even really vaccines, technically. These are vaccines that were given emergency authorization. They are not 
approved. I don't know how much clearer that can be to anybody. A spokesman for Avery Healthcare said they were deeply saddened by the loss of their residents. In a statement to the news or to a newspaper, a spokesman said, we are deeply saddened by a loss of the number of our residents at a care home in Basingstoke. And our thoughts are with all the family and friends who have lost loved ones during this very difficult time. Uh, yes, I'll, I'll bet you, I'll bet you, you are. Whose decision? Now, here's what I want to know. Whose decision was it to, uh, to, to go in there and vaccinate everybody? Has anybody even been questioned? Or is that is that off the table? Is that off the table? Because what they they signed something that they didn't know they were signing. It was policy to to vaccinate everybody in there, not knowing the risks. See, again, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I don't know how many times I can say this. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. None of us around here are. I'm anti this vaccine, this vaccine in particular, because all the red tape was cut. And you know who I blame primarily for that is Trump. I'll go out and say that that never should have been done. Operation Warp Speed. You don't rush vaccines. You don't. Do you know how long it takes to develop a vaccine? Seven years, seven years. And then you've got trials that go along with that that haven't been completed within a lot of time period. The only vaccine that we've ever developed in the last, uh, what did Fauci say, like 30 years that's been the most effective was Zika. That was it. And now all of a sudden we're going to create a vaccine for for a coronavirus. These people, I, I don't even, I don't have words to express the level of anger that people should be feeling and they're not. I, I, I don't I, I don't know. Is anybody even paying attention? I, I feel like I'm sitting up here preaching from upon high about what's actually happening. It's like, all right, this is what's going to happen. If you don't do this, if you don't stand up against this, then this is going to happen. And then it happens. And I'm like, OK, if you don't stand up against that, then this is going to happen. And if you don't stand up against that, then that's going to happen. And it's just the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And it's like, I don't know what in the hell to do to snap people out of this dream world that they're living in because they've got their football game, they've got their cold beer, and they've got their Netflix, and they don't give a damn about anything else. I I don't know what else to do. I don't. All right. Well, anyway, they go on here to say that staff have and continue to work tirelessly throughout the pandemic to protect residents and each other. Oh, yeah, they were really protecting them this time around. Our focus remains on supporting the well-being of residents, families, and staff as we work through this together. See, we're all in this together. Yeah, we're, we're all in this together. Get vaccinated, right? Save lives. As a matter of fact, Klaus Schwab himself has actually said that, right? Let's take a listen to this. This is him. This is him yesterday, right? Yesterday talking about vaccines. Let's hear what good old Klaus, dear old Klaus down there at the Davos group has to say about you getting vaccinated, right? Let's listen to this. I think one lesson which we take out of this uh, crisis is this notion of mutual interdependence, because even as individuals, we had to take care not to infect someone else and not to be infected. And the same we have to apply now on a global level. As long as not everybody is vaccinated, nobody will be safe. Okay, so let me get this straight. If everybody on this planet has a vaccine, then everybody's going to be safe. Is that what is that what it is? Because that sounds awful familiar. That sounds like something Bill Gates has said in the past. Well, if we don't have eight billion vaccine doses, well, then we can't ensure anybody's safety. Who in the hell gave you the authority to oversee everyone's safety, sir? Who gave you that authority? How about this? How about this? Can we give you a vaccination so we're safe against you? Can we do that? Right. If we give you a vaccination, will that make us safe from you? Will that make you go away? Because as far as I'm concerned, sir, you are the physical manifestation of a virus that needs to be dealt with. You and your kind, sir, are a pandemic upon humanity, not Corona, not COVID, but you 
and your group of cohorts down there and your puppet governments that you've got doing your bidding out there that are stomping on the rest of us. Do you understand that 2020, as I said a few days ago, has been the worst year for human and civil rights since slavery? Think about that. Think about that. And that piece of garbage that was just in that audio clip is the man that's responsible for it, among others, among others. But he's the kingpin amongst them. So to the vaccine bit, and then I'll, I'll work up to Schwab and Gates uh, to the vaccine bit. I'm not as far as the red tape being cut. That part I'm cool with, actually, the red tape being cut because I want government out of the way. But the part I'm not okay with is the long-term tests they do. That that's what was what was cut. As they were telling us, nothing was cut that was for safety. You know, n- none of the safety. It was just red tape that was cut. No, they actually cut a large portion of the the long-term tests that we do. That's why it takes so long for a vaccine to come out. Is because we test it on. Uh, well, animals that have been basically they graft in organs and, and that stuff from human tissue. They graft that in, test it on the tissue over long periods. And because uh, like mice, their lifespan is shorter than a human's, they can see, uh, you know, the long term effects of it and so on and so forth. But anyway, I think that they also use pig organs as well. It's very similar. I think so. But yeah. anyway, whatever. Point is, they do tests first to see if there's any kind of side effects or anything like, well, I don't know, having a heart heart attack, you know, within a, a week or so. That, that That's kind of one of the tests that they want to know. Um, and that's actually why some of the tests weren't shown uh, for 55 and older, but whatever. But as far as Schwab, I, I don't understand why uh, they, no, I, I do understand why. I, I get it. And actually, your analogy to them being the epidemic or plague of the human race, they are part of the plague of the human race that has plagued us from <laughs> time I mean, and back as far as, yeah, yeah. Every time we see an authoritarian or dictator or something like that come up, a monarchy that's, uh, that's from the same cloth that these guys are. It's literally a plague on our race. But the idea that, that businesses are the ones that are going to you know, um, do what's right or what's better for us or they're going to decide how we should live our lives. Not they're going to decide how- corporations. There's a difference. Well, I have to make the distinction here because our yeah. small businesses are getting hammered because yeah, well, because the small businesses won't exist. Yeah, they won't exist because they want a monopolistic system that they control. So I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to, right. to jump in there. On no, that. no, yeah, you're, you're right. You're right. So why, as a consumer, would I want a, for example, a bank or a credit card company or you know, you name the list? Why would I want you? to be focused on climate change, equity, racial issues, health. I'm sorry. No, you're a bank. I want you to focus on banking. I want you to be the best bank possible. Now, credit card company, same thing. I want you to be the best credit card company possible, not doing all this global warming, climate change, racial equality nonsense. No, you make my banking easier. That's why I do business with you. It's because it's convenient for me. That's why I use your service. Same with credit cards. It's convenient for me. So no, no, uh, I'm not interested in in these. When did they ask us? They're, they're talking about the representative government that we're going to have under this, right? We'll have representatives that'll represent us before the corporations. Where? When did they ask us that we whether or not we want this? They didn't. They never did. I don't know. Did they ask you? They didn't ask me. No, and I I kind of laugh at that fact. And we were discussing this a little bit before we started. I'm kind of laugh at that fact just a little bit. Well, actually, a lot because the very notion that they say a representative form of government. Well, they they say in their their own writings 
that we've gone over here before. And as a matter of fact, I've got uh, one of their uh, the white papers right here. When they say stuff like this, and, and again, this is something that, that they put together early last year. They said that getting the burden sharing right is a daunting challenge, yet it also presents a tremendous opportunity for governments to regain the trust of citizens. <laughs> do you honestly believe, you sick losers, do you honestly believe that people are going to trust their governments after what you've done? They're, they're having their conference now, right? Uh, it's like... It, <laughs> You might as well be having a, 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 a rally down there about how you're going to screw people over for all of eternity, because that's what you're doing. You, you have the audacity to sit there and say that governments have an opportunity to regain trust from their citizens <laughs> after you've destroyed generations, not just one, generations of wealth, of prosperity, of hopes, dreams. We're going to talk about some mental health numbers here shortly. They're, they're through the roof. Anxiety, stress, sleep disorders, suicides off the charts. And you got the audacity to sit there and talk about trust, you sick idiots. That's literally, by the way, what you read there, that's literally one of the things they've said essentially verbatim what uh, at, at the Davos meetings this week. Yeah. And that's that's what they're talking about. I, I can't find this uh, this thing in here. But anyway, uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, I mean, their intentions are clear. They're very they're very public. I mean, we, we've gone over this time and time again, and we'll continue to go over it time and time again. But, you know, I think people in the in the grand scheme of things, they are on to this group. You can tell. You can tell they are onto this group. You've got the movement that's building in the UK right now that's actually branding themselves after what this is. In a real sense, it is the antithesis of what the Great Reset is. The Brits are calling it the Great Reopening and good on them. You know, I support that 110 percent, 130 percent, 180 percent, whatever, all the way. And the French are starting now to follow. Right. The restaurants and cafes are now opening up over there. The Polish have opened up. The Italians, they actually got uh, the prime minister out of office down there and the government's actually in crisis. Well, it's in crisis because you shut it down because, well, I, <laughs> I, I think there was something again. We, we mentioned yesterday a little bit that there's something else going behind, going on behind the scenes. And I think I think old dude has got more problems. Uh, I think the, the former prime minister down there has got more problems than uh, than just being ousted as prime minister. And that's that's just my opinion. Uh, and the German government's going to have the same problems. And so so are the English government people. They're going to have the same problems, too. Maybe if uh, if people can figure out that they're being turned against each other to keep the attention off of them. Boy, who does that sound like? It sounds an awful lot like the Chinese Communist Party, doesn't it? Like a tactic they would use. Yeah. Turn everybody against uh -huh. each other to keep the attention off of them. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. You got to think. You have to think on this as to why that might be. Why might that be? Anyway, but uh, I tell you what, sticking with Schwab here and sticking with the, the World Economic Forum, let's talk about what they're working on now. Okay. And Schwab said that this would be the time. He was talking back in October. He says this would be the time at their conference, right, which is going on now, which Fauci was a keynote speaker there, by the way, just the other day about, you know, everything. It's, it's great, great to see him there amongst friends, I'm sure. Schwab says, trust us. Trust us. That's what he says. Trust us. He says, we're not evil. And the Great Reset has put out a new video clearing all of this up, right? They've cleared all this up. So you can trust them. You don't have to worry about, uh, you know, someone being uh, an overlord to you or, or taking control of your life. No, 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 no. They're only saying that they just want you to, to, to live in your house for the rest of your life that you're not going to own, by the way, and take all these vaccines and, and eat uh, bugs and you're not going to eat meat ever again. You're not going to shake hands with anyone ever again. You're not going to see anyone ever again and eat weeds. 
right? That, that's what they're saying. That, that's what they're telling. That apparently is utopia, according to Schwab and company. That's utopia, according to the Davos group. Uh, that's not a utopia. That, that's not a utopia. They will tell you anything they need to tell you. They will sell you anything they need to sell you on a utopian dream. That's what these sick individuals do. This guy's like a modern, I, I don't know, you could call him a modern Karl Marx. Schwab is a bum. He's a bum. He's an academic bum. That's all he is. Marx. Marx was a smart man, but he was an academic bum at the end of the day. Schwab is a smart guy, but he's an academic bum. That's all he is. That's all he is. He lives and works in the world of theory and academic grants. That's it. He doesn't live in reality. I'd just like to make a point here real quick. The uh, Anytime you have someone coming in saying, trust me, or I'm not bad, evil, any of those kind of things, a red flag should like immediately go up and go, okay, you're, you're, you're telegraphing exactly what you are. I mean, we'll use an example of uh, Google, for example. Google said uh, in the beginning, their, or towards the beginning, their, their motto was, uh, don't be evil. Well, now in hindsight, looking back, don't be evil. Why would you have as a large corporation, your motto being don't be evil? It should trigger a red flag. I mean, it should have triggered more of a red flag back when I first heard it years ago, but it didn't at that time. In hindsight, it, it you know it does it, it should have, but you know hindsight is twenty twenty, right? That's right. Well, see this one. They say that they, they actually say this. The World Economic Forum they they admit that some people think the Great Reset sounds like some nefarious plan for world domination, right? That's again, if you if you even mention that there's a Great Reset. And we've played clips here before. If you even mentioned there's a great reset, that's a conspiracy theory. That, that's a conspiracy theory. You're some crazy right wing extremist if you think that. But they go on to say that nothing could be further from the truth. They insist on it. Nothing could be further from the truth. The great reset is simply an opportunity to build a better world, right? Build back better. Isn't that what we hear? That apparently that's a conspiracy theory too. build back better. Hmm. Who did we hear saying hope and change? Sounded great, but hope and change or build back better even. Hold on. By what standard? Whose standard are we going here? That's very vague. If people think otherwise, it claims it's all the fault of the, quote, broken system and the pandemic. Gee, let's think about that for just a minute. Okay, let's think about that for just a minute. Okay, granted, broken system. All right. All right, let's start there. Let's look at that broken system. I won't deny that the system is broken. I won't deny that. In fact, I actually agree with that. The system is broken. And the reason the system is broken is because it's been turned into a crony capitalist cabal of people that have muscled out the little guy. That is a broken system. There's no debating that. There's no debating that. I'm sorry. There's no debating that. If you don't believe that, look at the events over the last 12 months in and of itself. Then that's where you enter the pandemic. Is it really a pandemic? Is it really a pandemic? I'm not going to be one of these people that sits here and and calls uh, something a a fake pandemic. I'm not going to do that. But you have to realize what has been done here and the magnitude of what they've created. They have called this a pandemic because they changed the meaning of what a pandemic is. That's how they're able to call it a pandemic. They use these PCR tests they set the Zoom level to God knows what, and and they turn this thing, it was actually 45 here in most European countries they set it to. If you set it to zero, guess what those things show? Next to nothing. What was what was the first bit you started on before you got to the pandemic? You, you stated system. something there and it made me, yeah, yeah, you were, you were hitting on the broken, oh, 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 yeah, so the broken system, right? Uh, going back to that for a moment, the broken system, the the oligarchs or the, or the ones that are out there making the money and 
lobbying and paying to to protect themselves by passing laws and all that kind of stuff. The people that were doing that, you know, the CEOs and um, even politicians and whatnot, those are the same people that are sitting here telling us, trust us, we're going to make a better world. Those are the same people. It's the oligarchs that are out there trying to take over the world saying, no, you can trust us. We're, we're good. We're not we're not evil. We're, we're, we're trying to make a better place. Uh-huh. M- make a better place. Yeah. Um, Stalin wanted to make a better place, too. So did Lenin. So did Hitler. They all wanted to make better places, too. And you know what they all said? Trust us. Trust us. We, we just want to help. Sick idiots. All right. Let's play. We're not going to play this whole thing, right? But this is this is a little bit of the actual video that they've put out. And you can go over, you can toddle on over to YouTube, to the World Economic Forums. And, and I know the whole YouTube thing, uh, but we're on there for research, right? We have to be. Sorry, but that's, that's just the way it is. World Economic Forum. And when I say that people are on to these people, okay, on a, on a mass scale, and obviously our audience, they're on to them, right? They know this, right? They know this. The average public out there, they're starting to get it, I think. The Austrians put 100,000 in the streets last night out in front of their parliament, 100% peaceful. It was amazing. It was a great thing to see. The Dutch are a little, uh, yeah, they're, they're dealing with things a little differently up there, but that's neither here nor there. A lot of what's going on up there, that's not even the people that want the peaceful change. But the World Economic Forum, now listen to these numbers, okay? Before we get to the clip, listen to these numbers. The World Economic Forum as a whole, right, their channel has 578,000 subscribers, okay? 578,000. Now, with as big of an agenda as the Great Reset is, you would think, I mean, that's like their championing headliner thing. That's their thing. That's that's Schwab's uh, darling, if you will, is the Great Reset. Don't you think that would be at the forefront of the people that subscribe to that channel? Don't you think that's something they would like to see if they subscribe to that? I mean, you would think, right? With over a half a million subscribers, you would think, and something comes out, a video comes out that's brand new, that's called... What is the Great Reset, the Davos Agenda 2021? You think that that would have a lot of views. It's only got 124,000 views. That's it. It has 1,000 likes. You got a half a million subscribers. You got 124,000 views, and all you can manage is 1,000 likes. It's got 14,000 dislikes. You people are trash. You are absolute filth. That's what you are. And that's what people are telling you. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you that YouTube's probably removed a lot of those dislikes because as of right now, the video's delisted because of how many dislikes it actually has as opposed to likes. That's how their algorithms work. But let's play just a couple of minutes of this. And I'm not going to play the whole thing because it's just it's so disgusting. But the pandemic has radically changed the world as we know it. And the actions we take today as we work to recover will define our generation. Now is the time to think what history would say about this crisis. 2020 has been challenging on a lot of levels, as economic, environmental and societal frailties have been laid bare. But it's also proved that when we need to, we can act rapidly and restructure our lives. Recovery from the pandemic is an opportunity. We can see rays of hope in the form of a vaccine, but there is no vaccine for the planet. Nature needs a bailout. You don't want to go back to the status quo that you had before simply because it was the status quo that got us here. With everything falling apart, we can reshape the world in ways we couldn't before. Ways that better address so many of the challenges we face. And that's why so many are calling for a great reset. A great reset? That sounds more like buzzword bingo masking some nefarious plan for world domination. Hands up, this kind of slogan hasn't gone down well. But all we really want to say is that we all have an opportunity to build a better world. 
And it's not surprising that people who've been disenfranchised by a broken system and pushed even further by the pandemic will suspect global leaders of conspiracy. But the world's not that simple. All right. Uh, okay. I, I can't stomach any more of that. All right. So the the system has the system has been broken and people have been disenfranchised because you broke the system. The people that broke the system are now saying they're going to be the ones that are going to come in and they're going to fix it and they're going to reshape everything. They're the ones that caused it. They're not the solution. They're the problem. This is this is like putting foxes in charge of the hen house. And saying, oh, don't worry, we're going to protect everybody here. Oh, it's some nefarious plan, but nothing could be further from. Oh, come on. Come on. Do you really think people I mean, when I'm sitting here watching this, when I honestly, when I'm sitting here watching this and, and I can't take any more of this, when I'm sitting here watching this, I feel like I'm being dictated to like I'm five. OK, that's what these people think of you. That's what they think of me. That's what they think of everyone else. They think you're stupid. I don't. I don't think people are stupid. Now, the average public out there that we're trying to wake up. Well, OK, you know, you could probably you know, you could probably stretch that one out because if you if you bring it up to somebody, I mean, I've had people actually say that to me, people I've known for 20 years. I've said, do you know, this is not about a pandemic. This is about destroying small businesses and it's about resetting the economy and rebuilding everything and, and doing everything in, in a way that's under a, a global agenda as opposed to a local one. And they, they seriously, they look at me like I have a second head sewn on my shoulders and they say, what are you, some kind of conspiracy theorist? I, I can't help people like that. It's a natural instinct to want to try and make someone aware. But at the end of the day, you have to be able to take that step. We can show you the door, but you're the one that's got to walk through it. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. You hear that analogy all the time throughout your life. It's the same thing here. You can tell people where to go. We've never been people, and I know we have a lot of new subscribers and a lot of new listeners. Welcome to all of you. Thank you all very much. But we're not people that sit here and tell you how to think, what to think, or, or any of that. We're people that simply point out what's already there. We're not talking about connecting dots. We're not talking about conspiracy theories or anything like that. We're telling you what information is out there and we bring it to the forefront. And we're upfront and we're honest about it. Ultimately, it's you that have to make that choice. You have to do your own research. You have to do your own homework and form your own opinion. It's imperative that you do that because they're trying to remove independent thought from everyone. Don't think. That's why all this confusion is out there. Don't think. Do what we tell you to do. Because when you're in a state of disparity, when you're in a state of learned helplessness, then you get the ideas that are introduced to you by them and you accept it. You're more accepting of it. First, it started out as, eh, yeah, but you need to like social distance a little bit. Then it was a mask. Now it's two. Then it was three. Hell, they didn't even stop at three. They said, now it's four. See, you're so confused. You don't know what to believe. Yeah, you know, I saw a video a couple of weeks ago, of, and I sent it over to you, Bruce, the, uh, the woman that was standing there with like the face shield, the mask, and had the spray bottle and she was spraying in front of her when she was walking. Mm -hmm. That is, I mean, we're laughing about that, but that's not funny. Think about the amount of psychological damage that's been done to someone like that, to put them in that state of fear. And that's what they're doing. Everything here is driven by fear, all of it. So let's, let's transition here a little bit. Let's pivot. Using that, okay, the, all this stuff, a great reset conspiracy. Give me a break, right? These people are losers. That, that's what they are. They don't know how to build. They're talking about building back better. Those people don't know how to build. They know how to steal. Okay, that's all they are. They're thieves. They're common thieves. That's all they are. They've stolen their way all the way to the top, and now they're pulling the ladder up so no one else has a chance. 
you know, I believe in the small business guy. I believe in the local business. I believe in the local community because I know what works. See, these people don't know what works. They know how to regulate, tax, control, and destroy. That's all they know how to do. But let's transition into what this has actually done. Okay, they know better. Well, apparently they don't because they're not mental health experts. Otherwise, I mean, well, they're insane themselves, right? These people need to be committed just on the, the way that they talk by decree. I mean, if, you, if this was 1950 and you had people like this up there, we'd be going to war again. We'd be turning around. We'd say, okay, the ships are home. All right, happy Armistice Day. Oh, no, we got to go back. Because that right there, that right there, that kind of talk, that kind of rhetoric, those were fighting words back in the 50s. But now, oh, well, what do you have? A, you having a microaggression? Are you being a, 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 an anti-Semite? What's the other word they use? Are you not inclusive enough? See, all of that, that kind of talk, that kind of rhetoric, the identity politics, the confusion, the masking, now this vaccine. See, it's a religion to these people. This is a cult. And now they're throwing... You, you, heard, the, you heard the one guy where he said, the climate needs a bailout. The environment needs a bailout. See, climate change was taken too long. Climate change was all about your carbon footprint. You remember that? Your carbon footprint. You were bad, right? We're carbon-based life forms, right? You were bad. Carbon's bad. Breathing is bad. You exhale CO2. Carbon dioxide is a toxin. So you breathing is toxic. You hear how they do this? But they hide it in these these cute little agendas and these uh, the, these nice little promos and everything that they put out there. Okay, I'm a firm believer in the fact that what GP talks about when he comes on, I'm a firm believer in the fact we're toxifying our planet, right? Nobody wants to breathe bad air or drink dirty water. Nobody wants to do that, right? Anybody with some common sense knows that we need to have certain environmental regulations, but not to the detriment of our own lives and our lifestyles. Now, I agree that we can innovate and we can change and innovate our way out of this stuff, but that's not what's happening here. What's happening here is they are deciding what that innovation is going to be rather than allowing the free market to do it. That's the big difference here. So again, climate change was taking too long. So they had to switch up. They had to go to something else. Enter COVID, right? PCR tests, cases are off the charts. You give people something that everyone has, then everyone becomes a suspect. So it creates, as I said yesterday, it creates the snitch society by default. So that's what COVID is. It's turned into they had to shift it, right? Climate change, as I said, was taking too long. They needed to speed up the process and they have to get everybody on board with it. See, now they have everybody on board with it. So the next thing, right? It's always the next thing and the next thing. Social distance, masks, snitch on your neighbor, then it's vaccines. Okay. And it'll be something else. Now it's vaccine passports. See, it's, it's always the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. But let's talk about how the cure has become worse than the disease itself. So again, these people, they're going to make your life better, right? They're going to make your life better. They're going to build it back better. Yeah. Well, how's that going to be for people's mental health? How about that? Now, as Schwab said, it's going to be like a tsunami. It's going to be like a tsunami. You're going to have smart cities. You're going to have flying cars. You're going to have zero assets and yeah, all the rest of it. Yeah. Can you imagine how boring that would be? And right? you're going to like it. Oh yeah. And you're going to like it. You're going to be happy about it. Does that sound like an order? Is that an order? I'm going to be happy about it. I tell you what, Klaus. I, t- I tell you what, Klaus. How about this, right, Klaus? You sound to me like you've never actually lived a day in your life. Okay, that's what it sounds like to me. You've never actually lived, Bruce. What's an average day to you, right? We're a couple of Midwestern guys. You come from a little bit further south than I do, but to me, mm-hmm. here's the perfect afternoon to me. You go out to the gun range. You do some target shooting with your buddies. After that, you're having a barbecue and you're sitting around a bonfire and you're enjoying a nice, beautiful sunset over the mountain range. Okay, that that is living to me, right? That's living to me. Mm-hmm. Does it look like Schwab and company have ever done anything like that? No. Those dumbasses look like they've never spent a day outside of their ivory towers. 
Well, no, no. To be fair, they do go to the French Laundry or or any other such. No, no see that. No, those are the politicians. Like that, no, those are know. the politicians, right? Like Gavin Newsom, they they go to those places, right? The ones down in Davos, they actually host those dinners themselves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But see, that that's my point is that's rugged individualism. What I just described there, okay, part of it. That's not all of it. Running your business, raising your family, owning property, upkeeping that property, having a farm, growing your own food. Okay, that's rugged individualism. Living your life. You know, the average person out there, I mean, I could sit here and, and I could I could preach and preach and preach and go on and on and on about how all of that has been destroyed. And it's imperative that we get it back. That's the basis. That's the fundamental foundation of a stable society. Everything that I just mentioned, right? Even if you're not a, even if you're not a, uh, you know, a, a gun lover or something like that, right? I, I understand. But I will tell you one thing. Every single person I've ever taken out to the gun range who has been anti-gun after they've been out there and they've figured out how fun it is and how much, you know, or how good of a shot they actually are. Guess what? They're the first ones to go to the gun store on Monday and buy a new firearm. Just saying. But anyway, let's spend the last few minutes here on uh, on what this has done. So let's look at some of these numbers. There's a heavy toll here that being largely ignored, and that is the toll on mental health through all of this. The stress levels, anxiety, depression. So according to the data that's been compiled by the U.S. Census Bureau and the National Center for Health Statistics, right, this is just the U.S. we're talking about here, showing that more than four in 10 U.S. adults have developed symptoms of depression or anxiety by the end of 2020. Four in 10. So let's look at what they were in 2019 as, as compared to 2019. The latest findings are derived from the Household Pulse Survey, which has been launched to produce data on the social and economic impacts of COVID-19 on American households. A total of 60,000 Americans were surveyed about their mental health between December 9th and December 21st. And they were asked they were asked to report how often they felt down, depressed, hopeless, or anxious in the last week. How often have they been able to stop worrying or shown little interest or pleasure in doing things? All symptoms that have been shown to be associated with diagnosis of generalized anxiety disorder or major depressive disorder. See, they don't want anybody to be happy. See, it's not, understand something, it's not your misery, it's theirs. It's a reprojection. Everything about this entire agenda over the last 12 months has been turned back on itself. Look at it in terms of that. Reverse it. Reverse everything. That's the key to all this, is to look at everything back on itself. That's what it is. It's so simple. It's not your misery. It's not your depression. It's not your anxiety. It's their anxiety, the ones that are doing this to you. It's them. They are the miserable ones. They are the ones that are self-loathing. They're hopeless. They're depressed. They have the disorder. So they're projecting it onto you. Okay, so there's a chart here that shows January to June, months January to June of 2019, the symptoms of anxiety disorder, just anxiety, okay, in the United States, 8.2%. May until December, that number went from 8.2% up to 28.2%. And then it increased again. Just in the month of December, it went from 28.2% to 36.9%. Okay, that was just anxiety. You get into depression, then you start at 6% last year, right? Or excuse me, year before last. Okay, so January of 2019. Then you get into the month of May. You go from 6.6% up to 24.4. And then when you get into the later part of the year when the lockdowns got really heavy and they shut everything down, then you get up into 30%, 30.2%. So if you couple the two and you look at people that that was just depression, okay? So if you couple the two together and you look at symptoms uh, symptoms of anxiety and depression combined. So when people felt both of the symptoms instead of just one or the other, January of 2019, you were looking around 11%. When you get into the uh, the summer months, you're looking... Uh, like around May, you're looking at 
11% up to 33.9%. And as you get into the later part of the year when they shut everything down, 42.4%. That's unacceptable. That's unacceptable. Now, here's what I find fascinating. These people have the audacity to say that they've been disenfranchised and left out and left behind by the pandemic. They're the same bastards that have caused it. And they have the gall to come out and say that that it's the pandemic that's caused it? The, again, it's not the pandemic. They are the pandemic. They're the virus. They're the virus that is attacking our civilization. And I mean, I'm not talking about just one aspect here. I'm talking about all aspects of it. You start looking into these identity politics and and this. I mean, did you hear this crap out of the state of Washington saying if they want to reopen the schools, that's white supremacy? Have you ever heard of anything more ridiculous in your entire lives? The share of respondents showing signs of anxiety and depression has nearly quadrupled compared to the results obtained before the pandemic. As hundreds of thousands have died and millions have lost their jobs, Americans are facing a plethora of uncertainties with respect to their health and their family's health and financial well-being. Worries which are only exacerbated when dealt with alone amid a time of social distancing. See, again, we're not meant to be isolated. We're not meant to be alone. We're social creatures. But see, when they do that, when they isolate everybody, see, you understand something. When they use the term lockdown, okay, that's what's used in prisons. Lockdown is for prisoners. Isolation is for punishment. Understand that. If you're a person that is locked down in a prison, well, then you're pretty much confined to that cell block and you can't move anywhere. You still have people to talk to. But if you're in isolation, if you're a problem, if you're if you're a problem or excuse me, if you're a problematic prisoner, if you cause real problems, then they're going to take you to something called the secure housing unit or the shoe. Then you're completely isolated. You're not able to talk to anyone at all. Well, it pretty much seems that way, doesn't it? So again, I'm asking, is it for your own good or is it for punishment? You see, the Brits right? All of our UK listeners, you all know this. You stood up. You went to the ballot box twice. Brexit. You said, all right, yeah, we don't want any more of this. We, we don't want it. We don't want any more of this EU, this world government that's ruled by a bunch of unelected people in, in another part of the world. We don't want any of that. Okay. All right. So Cameron was stupid enough to allow you to, to have that vote. And it went completely the opposite way of what everybody thought it was going to be. The Americans, we stood up. We voted for Donald Trump. The British, you went back to the polls again when they tried to wear you out over time and you said, yeah, we're going to vote for Boris Johnson. What what a disgrace. What a disgrace Boris Johnson is. The man could have been the next Winston Churchill. He could have fought this, but he didn't. He turned into a coward. He's such a disappointment, not just to the British, but to the West. He's such a disappointment. What a loser. He will never have a statue in his name, I can assure you. But the bigger point here is, is that we stood up, right? It's always the English. It's always the Americans, right? We're always the ones that stand up first. But see, it was that, right? We, we, by us doing that, right? By us exercising our democratic right to vote, we were chinking away at their armor. If we would have seceded from all of this, if we would have pulled out of everything which Donald Trump was doing, to his credit, was pulling us all, out of all this stuff, the Paris Accords, the WHO, the UN was next, right? All that was pulling us out of all that. He was withdrawing all of our troops from Europe and the Middle East. They were bringing them all home, brokered the Abraham Accords between the Middle Eastern countries, right? A peace deal. You were pulling out of the European Union in England. Didn't want any part of that world government system. Oh, no, 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 no. Now we're in a pandemic. Oh, see, we're all in this together now, aren't we? No, no, no. We can't have nations. No, no. See, see, no nation can do it on their own. Right now, we're all going to be back in this together thing. You see how this works, right? So you can't sit here and seriously tell me that this hasn't been planned from the start. All right. Now, I'm not going to sit here and get all conspiratorial, but it just seems to me that when you have two world superpowers stand up and say, damn it, that's enough of this. See, they don't like that. 
They don't like that. So what's everybody get? Everybody gets punished now, don't we? We get punished. We get punished. We get put in isolation. And when we come out of isolation, we get told to wear masks because shut up. We don't care what you have to say anymore. Oh, and by the way, we're not going to let you vote anymore either because you'll vote to get out of this, this mess that they've created, this horrible mess that they've created, and they will be held accountable for this. These people don't get to do what they're doing historically, historically. All right, I know history and I know how these things play out. This time is no different, right? History is repeating itself. And in the end, it doesn't matter what these people do, right? Bruce, I said it six, eight months ago. I said, it doesn't matter what they do now. They lose. In the end, they lose. It's just a matter of how bad it's going to be before people wake up and understand who they are and what they're doing. But in the end, they lose. They lose. They always do. Let's hope that is accurate this time. Let's hope that's accurate. Let's hope that they do end up losing this time. And it's not. Let's hope people wake up quick enough, soon enough that they're not able to enact the digital dark age. You know, I, th- I think that honestly, it's, and I, I think honestly, I, I don't think it's going to matter. I don't, I don't think it's going to matter. And, and let me explain. I don't, I don't think it's going to matter because you have people that, I mean, you can see tech is trying to, to get a, a grip on this early enough and they're having trouble doing it. But by shutting people up, by silencing people and not allowing a debate, they're going to lose that fight too. So people will walk away from the companies. Facebook stock is dropping. Users are walking away. WhatsApp? WhatsApp took a massive, massive hit last month, right? Telegram came out and made a statement today. Let me pull it uh, about WhatsApp. Uh, They said that last month alone, they had over 100 million new users. And most of those were WhatsApp refugees, as they're calling them, because Telegram has employed a method to allow them to download their WhatsApp history and bring it to Telegram. So now they're able to transfer everything, their contacts, their message history, all of it, uh, and import everything. So People are walking away from these platforms. They're they're walking away. And what was it Gates said yesterday when we played that clip of him? He says, in the future, we, you know, going forward, we need to make sure that we're utilizing social media to make sure that people are getting accurate information. Now, translate that. Translate that. That means they need to use social media companies to push their BS onto people and to push their brainwashing on people. But if you have nothing but one-sided views on there, and it's an echo chamber of you know, the, these crazy loons that buy into this, well, then who are you pushing your propaganda to? You're preaching to the choir at that point. The voices of dissent are, have already left. They're already gone. So uh, honestly, I, I don't I don't think it's going to matter. If you look at the, the, the movement th- that's being built, and I mean in the streets, peacefully in the streets, I'm talking about what's happening in Italy, what's happening in France, what's happening in Austria, what's happening in uh, in the UK with this great reopening, what's happening in the US. These are not hundreds of thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, whatever, right? These are not ones that are out there that are doing damage, right? They're out there peacefully protesting, saying, that's enough of this, right? We just want our lives back and we want you to just get lost, okay? So the armies are, the physical armies in that sense, are larger on one side than the other. So you've got a minority, you've got a minority. And it's, honestly, I think there's a a civil war going on inside big tech too. Now, I don't know what the... um, you know, what level of that that might be. But I think there's a war going on inside big tech as well. And also you've got wars, little wars going on inside the World Health Organization, the UN and a few other places, too, because we're getting conflicting stories and statements from all these people. Now, whether that's done on purpose, which I think some of some of it is, or uh, if you've got uh, people that are in executive positions that are walking away because they don't want any part of it. As soon as Parler got canceled, 
And as soon as Twitter started swinging the ban hammer and Jack Dorsey went nuts and Zuckerberg went nuts banning all these people, then a lot of their execs were saying, we don't want any part of this. And they started walking and they started, uh, you know, just just leaving and, and going on to uh, another job because no one wants to be a part of that. If you claim to be part of free speech and then you're the same group that's out there stomping on free speech or you're defining what free speech is, then how can you like uh, like there's a double standard here. You see what I mean? So I, honestly, I don't think the the majority of people I don't think will will uh, I will accept it. That's implying that they care about what the the average person thinks. That's implying oh, that yeah, the average they don't. person will yeah they don't have some kind of power in there. It, it, this is what it boils down to: is Apple has just recently come out and are attacking Facebook uh, for you know the the hate groups and stuff that are on Facebook. Honestly. I, I think that's a that's a game, as you were saying. I, I think that's a ploy to try to get government to come in and regulate more. If government comes in and regulates more and says, uh, you know, you have to follow X, Y, and Z regulation, and companies like Parler or Telegram are like, yeah, no, we're not going to do that because we value our our customers' privacy. We value, you know, having everything encrypted, for example, on Telegram, and you know, you not being able to see what they're saying. That could easily be dealt with, if you will. So let's just say we can block your traffic, for example, as Google. Any of our Amazon and Google, they could both say uh, any traffic coming from your domains, uh, we're going to block it. So it, it, it'll severely hamper their, uh, their services that they provide, at least on a, on a web front, a website front. Uh, and then you could have Apple and Microsoft say uh, you can't use those applications on on that platform because of this government regulation that was passed. We're going to follow along with the government regulation, and then they start barring you from using those. In which case, even a VPN wouldn't help you uh, in the sense of if they start throttling uh, on a on a you know as far as the web services the backbone, if they start throttling certain IP addresses or domains or what have you. How do you how do you how do you compete against that against that with a VPN? Because your your data has to be routed somewhere. Well, so, still, I mean, we're we're also implying that you know people are going to put up with that for an extended period of time, and I think people are already angry enough. I mean, you got you got these jokers out there now talking about restoring trust. They have none. You can't restore something you haven't had. You can't do it. I don't think they care uh, whether or not they have the population on board. Because this is this is the the problem that you've run into with the population as far as they're concerned. Amazon, like, where are you going to with the shutdowns that we've seen with the pandemic, right? And the lockdowns, a lot of the mom and pop shops are out of business. Most of your business that you're doing is online now. You're either getting it through Amazon or some other big box store uh, that has online services. It's a big corporation. So let, let's say let's move forward a little bit and say uh, they start continuing this executive order nonsense uh, from Biden here in the US and start going down this Green New Deal road, start destroying more businesses, which is going to destroy more mom and pop shops because it's going to, you know, for example, the Keystone that 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 killed a lot of the mom and pop shops, new business that they would have. And then if you have anybody afraid of the pandemic, they won't show up, so on and so forth. And then they just start passing regulations. They start passing laws. They start passing those kind of it doesn't matter what you think and what what are you going to do? You're going to stop buying from Amazon? I mean, are you going to stop buying Netflix? Are you going to stop buying? I mean, are you are you as the 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 developed world people willing to forego all your luxuries, all the things you enjoy doing? Are you willing to put those aside to try to have a vestige of freedom? 
that will at, at that point is fleeting if we if we allow this. My question is is if these corporations jump on board with this, which they have, how do we stop them from enacting a digital dark age? How do we stop that from happening? You won't like my answer. I've given it I don't to think you we before. Can actually given you the answer on that because of TOS, sure you can. but sure you can. Yeah, you can. You seize them because they're monopolies. Now I, I know, I know, mm. I, I know. You're implying know. that the government is on board. I, I'm I'm implying that the governments would do the will of the people. Yes, yeah. I'm implying that. But uh, with the, again, and I and I agree with you on this sense that. Uh, the governments at this point, you know, it doesn't matter which country, right? We're not talking about one specific country here, but it, it doesn't matter because the governments in this current system, in this current system that we have now, the as they call it, the broken system, in this current broken system, it's broken because of that, right? Let's, let's be clear on it. It's broken because of that. But in this current system, you're not going to get that. Also, on top of that, it's worse than that. Not only are you not going to get cooperation from the governments in that sense, because they're not going to do anything, because the, the corporations have them in their back pockets. It's a nasty asymmetric sense that's being done here, because you've got the governments that are told what to do by the, the Davos group, the World Economic Forum. And it's not the governments that are actually leveraging out people's rights. It's the corporations that are on board with the World Economic Forum that are telling the governments what to do. So... Or it's, it's, I'm sorry, it's the other way around. So it's the, it's the governments that are actually telling the corporations what they should or shouldn't do. So now the corporations are, yeah, so it's, it's a nasty thing. So this is why we're having trouble getting any kind of a constitutional protection in any of our countries, because traditionally it's been the state that comes through and stomps on people's rights and takes your rights away. In this case, that's not what's happening. It's the corporations that have been left unchecked through all of this and that have been compromised. So- you can, yeah, you, you can go along with that, but or go along that line with it. But the fact is, is not only are you not going to get cooperation from the governments, you're also not going to get justice at the same time because the same people that you're expecting cooperation for to get your rights back that they unlawfully stole to begin with are the same people that run the justice system. So if if you if you want justice against them, then you got to take the justice system back. So that that's all I'm saying. But we're way over on time. You got anything else? Uh, honestly, I, I think we're I think we're one one disaster away. I think we are one disaster away from a digital dark age. I really do. I think to get the, the a, a large portion of the people on board, you just need one more disaster. Say cyber attack. Say another pandemic. Say they, they lose some in a kind of attack. large disaster. They lose in a cyber attack. I actually, I don't, I don't think so. I, I think they would uh, they would win because. A cyber attack isn't the end, if you will. A cyber attack would happen within a few years. You would be back up to where you were when the cyber attack happened. But then the government would be like, we have to have more regulation in place to keep these kinds of groups from coming up and, and giving these these types of people voice. Oh, God. And, okay. Yeah, all, all right. Regulation. Yeah. All right. All right. When you have Schwab himself saying that it's basically he's telling you that it's going to be them that launched the cyber attack. <laughs> If you can read between the lines. Yeah, if you can read between the lines. All right, we're going to go. Normally, I would plug our uh, social networking stuff. But um, due to the fact that we're entering the uh, the digital dark ages Bruce is talking about, we've been banned along with a lot of other people. And I know a lot of people have joined our Telegram channel in the last uh, the last week or so. Welcome to all of you. Thank you all very much. It means a lot to us. Uh, but we are listed on a lot of the major platforms. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on Deezer. We're on uh, iHeartRadio, Pandora, for those listening in the United States. Uh, those are two big platforms that uh, we're listening to. Apple Podcasts, we're also there as well. But normally we would plug our socials. But um, yeah, 
we're uh, we're not on those. But uh, anyway, for those of you who have not done this, and I'm I'm seeing I'm seeing this floating around Telegram. It's come up in a lot of my feeds today. If you are not on Telegram, then you need to get over there because now there's threats of them pulling it off of the App Store and there's threats of people having it pulled off of their phones, their iPhones. I can't go through the process of how it is. I'm not familiar with Apple, but uh, there is a process that's floating around on Telegram to tell you how to protect your phone from having apps removed from it by Apple. Uh, But they're saying that that is coming. So we would highly recommend that any of you who are not on Telegram, get over there, get registered, get signed up, search for our channel over there, just type in Dynamic Independence, we'll pop right up. Subscribe to our channels. It's free to join because we know that podcasting is going to be coming under attack in the coming days uh, as this continues to get more crazy. Maybe we should just join the World Economic Forum, right? Didn't Klaus say it's an open platform? Didn't he say it's an open platform? He he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. an open platform. Oh, if we just do what we're told, right? Yeah, if we just mm-hmm. do. No, I don't think so. But yeah, we would um, we would ask you to join our Telegram channel because not only are you going to get our podcast that we put out everywhere else, you're also going to get our exclusive podcast, which I think we're going to be doing tomorrow. We'll be putting one of those out tomorrow. We don't have any censors or anything like that. It's just for our Telegram channel and our Telegram subscribers only. Uh, so if you want that extra content, uh, be sure to get signed up to us over there. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so anytime by dropping us a line at tips at dynamicindependence.com especially those of you that are going to be taking part in this great reopening across the UK. If you're a UK small business owner, please do reach out to us. We would love to have you on our platform uh, and we would love to sit down and talk to you about your experiences and what you're hoping to accomplish in the coming days if you're going to take part in this. So uh, please do reach out to us as well. Again, that's tips at dynamicindependence.com. Also, we would ask you to recommend us to friends, family, and known associates. We're trying to grow here as much as possible, but we do need your help as a loyal listener in order to do that. So if you could pass us along, we would appreciate that. We're available everywhere you get your podcasts. Also, if you're rating podcasts, if you could drop over to Apple Podcasts or any other respective platform you listen to us on that has a rating system and give us a rating at your earliest possible convenience. We would appreciate that as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. All right, Bruce, that'll do it for today. Thanks for being here. Thank you to all the listeners. And for those of you who are signed up to us on Telegram, we will see all of you tomorrow. For those of you who are listening to us on any other platform, have a great weekend and we will see you on Monday.